Welcome to Witch Witch Podcast. I'm Galena. I'm Lyra. Welcome to the darkness. Literally. Uh, why why literally? Because it's the shortest day of the year. Oh, today. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> shut, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> um So we are uh, we don't have any shout-outs ready for today because I think everyone we've spoken to, we've already shouted at. Um, and that's usually how we do shout-outs. Uh, if you mention us or message us, we'll give you a shout-out if you are willing to be yelled at on the podcast. Be internet shouted at. Internet shouted. Inter-shouts. Inter- Inter-shouted. Anyway. <laughs> Let's not get stuck in a loop <laughs> on that. Uh um, not a whole lot of announcements or anything. We are going to go ahead and try ads at the end of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're pretty sure the first one's going to be for Anchor. So that's, that's cool since our whole podcast is kind of like an ad for Anchor anyway. <laughs> we don't really talk about it as much as we used to, but they really are great. Uh, they obviously host us and they make it really easy to put our podcast everywhere. Yeah, why don't we save that for the ad later on? I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and on podcasts, let me say, they're really stupidly easy to make. What? <laughs> <sighs> they are. We literally talk about this all the time. I know. You don't ever let them see behind the curtain. I'm just saying, if any of our <laughs> listeners out there are thinking, huh, I'd kind of like to do a podcast on this thing, just fucking do it. <laughs> It's not, it's nowhere near as complicated as you think it is. Well, quality podcasts are more complicated. That's fair. We don't do any, like, sound mixing or any no. shit like that. No. No. We, we suck. We, we cobble this together to the best of our abilities. Um, actually, on that, we are working on our quality. Um, we've made no solid decisions, but we're talking about maybe cutting out bonus episodes so we have more preparation time. So our big episodes don't suffer, um, especially times like this when we get very busy, like this time of year, because mm-hmm. um, you never know when your life's going to get hectic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're still discussing it as a group. We'll let you know uh, for sure, probably over the next couple of days on our Insta and Twitter and stuff. Uh, Glenna, is there anything else? Um, I don't want to say that we're going to cut bonus episodes out all the way. We no. might do some every now and then, but I doubt it'll be an every, every other week thing. It'll probably just go to two monthly episodes. Episodes, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we'll, um, we'll let you guys know if anything changes there. Uh, is there anything else? Because we don't have a whole lot to do for our intro. Oh my gosh, wait, let's talk about, let's talk about Christmas decorations really quick, because it's, um, it's holiday season. Uh, we do celebrate Christmas, uh, or Yule, kind of a combination of both in our house, um, because, you know, we were raised with Christmas, um, and we're slowly, like, injecting more (laughs) witchiness into the holiday as we go along. Yes. Um, but this year, regardless of 
me not wanting to do it originally, uh, Galena insisted on doing um, popcorn and cranberry wreaths. Mm-hmm. And they're very nice. They look very pretty. They're not on our tree yet. <laughs> oh, we got to finish them. Um, and uh, we've been talking about it. And the the normal kind of, um, what are they called? Did I just say it a minute ago? Decorations? Did I say wreaths? Yeah, you said wreaths. That's not what I meant. You mean garland. Garland. I meant garland. Shut up. Um, uh, the normal kind of garland that you get around this time of year um, is plastic and usually shiny. Um, and it's... And it's no matter somewhere... how long you use it, eventually it is going to end up in a landfill. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, what, six, seven feet usually? Something mm-hmm. like that. Nobody wants to throw out like seven feet of shiny plastic um, at any point. <laughs> So we've decided we're going to try and maintain sustainable garlands in our home from now on. Uh, be that strung popcorn and cranberries, which is harder than you think. It really is. The we've... cranberries are fine. Yeah, the cranberries <laughs> The cranberries are the easy way to do it. They're a dream. Um, Every time I get through enough popcorn to put another cranberry on, I'm like, oh, God, finally, a cranberry. I know, right? Um, eventually... Um, I, I lost what I was going to say. <laughs> I kind of want to do some cranberries and maybe dry them earlier in the year and maybe use some dried ones on the tree as well. Do you want to like pierce dried ones with a neat? Because I just feel like that'll be harder. No, I mean like string them when they're raw oh. and then let them dry on the strings. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, and you know what? We can, um, we can knot between them and do some mm-hmm. knot magic in it too. Yeah. So I was thinking we could do, maybe use a little thicker. That's a beautiful idea. I love uh, it. String. Um, but what I was going to say is the great thing about doing popcorn and cranberries is that when you are finished with your tree, you can take the strands outside and hang them in branches and the birds can feast on them. Yeah, exactly. And at that point, the most you're throwing away is some string. Yeah. Which you don't even have to if you don't want to. You can always collect it and reuse it. I probably wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> it's bound to be a little gross, but... Later, the birds might even use it to as part of their nest. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. And ours is a very nice green color, so that would be mm-hmm. very pretty. <laughs> Give them some festive homes. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, um, considering what you can do more sustain... Uh, Sustainably, Jesus. Uh, sustainable. Sustainable. Thank you. Fuck. Uh, considering uh, what you can do that's more sustainable, don't look at me. I didn't. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the ceiling. At this time of year, at this time of year is just a good time to think about it, especially with how disposable the, the commercialization of Christmas and other uh, winter holidays has made everything. Well, we're doing as much as we can at this point to reduce our waste during Christmas. Yeah. Um, well, Christmas Yule. We're probably going to keep referring solstice. to it as Christmas. Just I, it's just, it's habit. To. Well, I mean, it's habit too. My entire life I've referred to it as Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, we, well, Lear and I have eradicated the use of cooking bags yes oh god um which i hate for multiple reasons but we're trying a lot of different things to try to keep our footprint as low as we can because it is part of it we are stewards of our earth and we have to make sure we take care of it yeah exactly um the one (laughs) the one holiday 
bane of my existence is definitely all the fucking plastic bags. There's so many. Oh my god. There's so many. I really like the... I hate opening gift bags, but I really like the idea of gift bags because you can just save them and use them for next year. That's true. I do love wrapping presents. Like, it's... I, I, do I know. I enjoy it. But yeah... I, I honestly think maybe we should just switch to a nice, easy-to-break-down brown paper. That might be a good idea. I actually it. read something that was talking about how if you get regular brown paper or white paper, even recycled paper, you can take um, vegetables and carve them and use them to make your own wrapping paper and like paint them. Um, kind of like um, a stamp. You cut it into the vegetable and then like a sweet potato or a potato and then you can stamp it. That sounds like it would take forever. Sounds like a waste of a sweet potato. But but it's really it's really a neat idea to make your own. I mean, I'm just saying we got stamps. I know. That's what I was thinking as I was saying it. I was like, why would they do that when you could just use the stamps that you have? And plus, I kind of think it'd be fun to paint like a little bit of watercolor on. It would. But considering I've struggled to just get stuff together to decorate our tree. Yeah, that's fair. And stuff stockings and stuff like that. I know I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh, it, it's been a, a mournful Christmas. We lost all of our pretty peacock decorations. I am. It's still too fresh. I'm so sorry. We had, a, we had a roof leak. And it ruined all of my peacocks. In the attic. It was, they were so nice. They were beautiful, lovely, lovely blue and purple colors. I have a real thing for peacocks. I don't know why. And it was just so nice on the tree. But we've decided we're going to start pursuing what we're calling cozy Christmas. Yes. Plaids and more plaid. <laughs> Basically a lumberjack Christmas. Lumberjack Christmas. Spooky Sasquatch Christmas. Yes. Oh my God. I <laughs> forgot about that. We were just going to put plaid on a Sasquatch. Remember? I don't like there was a reason it's because we found that stuffed sasquatch that had plaid on <gasps> yes oh we should have got him mm-hmm. let's see if he's on sale after christmas yes i also feel like we should get the woolly mammoth we saw yes and put like a plaid pajama shirt on oh him. that'd be so cute or even just a scarf i mean the, the scarf would scarf. work too well, i mean I, I want the sweater i literally just learned how to double knit i'm very excited about it <laughs> Anyway, so we should get into the episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, here in just a moment, uh, Galena is going to talk to us about Yule. All right. Yule is celebrated, at least this year, for 2018. It begins today, Friday. I almost said February. Good God. <laughs> December 21st. and a little ahead of ourselves. I know. I'm already up to embolic. I don't know about you people. <laughs> Get on board. Get on the bus. <laughs> um, and it lasts until January 1st. And you can do your celebrations at any point during this time. What are you counting for? Is that like the, the 12 days of Christmas came from? Probably. Because you're roughly 12 days long? Probably. I didn't do any, like, research into that. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really research anything I, into the thanks song. Thanks for calling me the fuck out for counting on my fingers, though. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
stop. Okay, Yule is a fire feast, and fire. Why, why it's a fire feast is it's a sun feast. Uh, what? That's so funny because you just don't think of it being like. Well, you don't. But what it what it is is it's another it's another feast where you light fires like the Yule log and things like that to call the sun back because today is the shortest day and longest night. After tonight, then the days will start being longer and longer and longer, eventually lead to spring. So through Yule, you are calling the sun back. In Wiccan traditions, it right now is when the goddess goes from her more crone aspect back to the mother aspect and gives birth to the god. This is also New Year. Okay. That's cool. You know, it, starts the whole, it starts the whole cycle again with him being born and calling to spring and he grows and yeah. goes through the whole cycle again. Through the whole wheel of the year again. Uh, let's see here. You traditionally would do celebrations with feasting, rejoicing, fires, like I said earlier. Um, and it, another reason why is this is really... It's really the the start of winter, although the days will be starting to get longer. The you, typically the more harsh winter weather is still coming. Yeah. So it's really the last chance that people had to get out and see everyone and celebrate, have a nice feast before winter really set in. That makes sense, especially with how agrarian like mm-hmm. most communities were back in the day. Yeah. Because I mean, you weren't gonna go. No. Like six or seven miles. That's not even an accurate. Six or seven miles. Six or seven miles. Oh, I thought you said months. No, because that's not even enough for like a real farm. (laughs) No. Uh, But, oh no, I don't remember what I was going to say next. Never mind. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say in that and a lot of your stuff that would maybe be cured by salt. This is when it would be the freshest. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So this is when it's going to taste the best. (laughs) So it was a really fun feast. Uh, they did a lot of things like with sailing, which I don't know what the traditional makeup of it is, but a lot of, from my research, I've found, you know, you can make it with cranberry juice, some grenadine, rum, and orange juice. I would drink the heck out of that. It sounds like it'd be a really great drink. I'm excited to try it. I think I'm a little bit more excited about that, the mulled wine, but I think I had a really bad experience with mulled wine. Have we already talked about that on the podcast? I don't know, but it tasted like paint thinner. We made it in the bedroom floor. Anyway. In a crock pot. In a crock pot without a lid on the bedroom floor. I I was not involved in making it. You were not. It. You were involved in the drinking. I did try it. You and also didn't know the circumstances under which it was made. I wouldn't have drank it. Nope. <laughs> That's probably why you didn't tell me. I think it was probably... Oh my god, how old were we? You were a teenager. Yeah, I was going to say. I think it was probably just the aspect of having wine. I think it was. Anyway. Um, One big part of Yule, at least for us, is having our Yule or Christmas tree. What that represents is life, rebirth, and renewal. I love Christmas trees. I know you do. I'm so obsessed with live trees. I berated everyone in the house until they let me buy one. You guys have absolutely no idea what this time of year is like with Lyra. I think I'm much more chilled out nowadays than I used to be. You are. 
That's mm, not saying that much. That's not very positive. <laughs> that's not saying much, but you are more chilled out now. <laughs> um, but it is also representative of the tree of life and of the world tree, which is a universal myth that touches every, well, I was going to say every continent, but not Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> I um I have a question about Christmas trees. Okay. But do, should I wait or do you, No, you can go ahead. It's a little silly. Go ahead. Okay. So, first I'm going to sit I, I want to tell you what it is that I heard and then I'm going to tell you the source. Okay. What I heard is that Christmas trees originated as part of um I think it was probably uh the winter solstice in Egypt. Because uh, they would bring palm leaves inside for reasons I'm unsure of. Do you know anything about that? I don't, but that sounds like something that would probably happen. Sounds very real, right? Yeah. Do you want to know the source? What's the source? Daniel Jackson from Stargate SG-1. <laughs> Gotta love your nerdy sources. I will look into it and get back to you. Thank you, because I'm not sure how, how well we can trust them. I wish you'd brought that up earlier. So and I could have looked into it. <laughs> Traditionally, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Stargate Atlantis. Or it, it wasn't Atlantis, it was just SG1. It right? was SG1, yeah. SG1. Uh, <laughs> traditionally, they were decorated with gifts that people wanted to receive from the gods. Like if they wanted to have good harvest in the next year, they'd, you know, put fruit on it. Probably at this point, slightly dried fruit. <laughs> mm. Or, you know, winter hardy fruits like plums and things like that. That makes sense. I didn't mean to make um, that that sound so loud. <laughs> but they'd also make make most of their ornaments were natural things like pine cones, berries, and fruit. So if somebody did put pine cone shaped ornaments on a tree, okay, listen, I just don't like the brown. I don't like the brown very much. the 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 brown we found this year was very rich and it was actually very pretty. I was still okay. You're calling me out. <laughs> I'm just saying that on our podcast. Oh, it rhymed. (laughs) I'm just saying what I've always done is a very traditional thing. Brown poinsettias aren't a thing. Okay. (laughs) Neither are purple ones, and you consented to those. Okay, that's that's fair though because purple is very pretty. Brown. (laughs) Is just brown. There weren't brown poinsettias. They, they were, were red, brown. white, and green poinsettias. You had brown poinsettias. I had brown pine cones. <gasps> it was sage that had brown poinsettias. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just call her the fuck out because she's not here. Let's she, do she it. Told oh me my god, let's do this. I had a beautiful poinsettia pine I did like your poinsettias. And I didn't like your pine cones. Different little things. Basically, it looked very natural. Yeah. Tree. I even had a poinsettia tree topper. Sage came in, glanced at it, and told me how fucking ugly my tree was. After we talked about the poinsettias specifically, I know, like that's an important detail for this. I part literally of the story. spent all day decorating it, decorating my house. To be fair, it was it was Sage and me both. <laughs> we were we were real bitches about your Christmas tree. My whole thing was just the brown ornaments. I just don't like I just don't like brown. I know. But they were both like really horrible and bitchy about my tree. It's absolutely true. And it, was, it wasn't my first tree on my own. But, like, it was the first year I had, like, 
a little bit of extra money to actually buy real ornaments <laughs> and like make it look the way I wanted it to look without, you know, anybody else doing anything to it. Cause my mother had nothing to do with it. My ex-mother-in-law had nothing to do with it. It was actually what I wanted it to look like. And they were so mean to me. I, to be fair, my only complaint were the brown ornaments. But I also want to say that I have calmed down so much about Christmas shit. You have. The very next year. Because my tree... I remember I had no religious symbols on it. Mine was yeah. a very pagan tree. I really liked it. It was liked really nice. Uh, the very next year, we went over to Sage's house... And guess who had a poinsettia Christmas tree? No, because her whole thing was that poinsettias were ugly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... <laughs> and no, now... She specifically had brown poinsettias. Yeah. Yes, she was the one that had the brown ones. Mm-hmm. And she didn't understand why I was like, what the hell is this? What's that thing we did at our brother's house? Festivus. Yeah, this is Festivus. <laughs> out we just need the, the airing of the grievances the airing of the grievances let me tell you that festivus was amazing that was wild as fuck it was great we did because festivus it's not so much like from seinfeld where everybody gets really upset and angry our festivus ended up being i hate this about you and all of us laughing it was wonderful. It was too. very cathartic. It was very good. Nobody took anything super personally. No. And it was all posed in a very funny way. Um, like one of my sister in laws called out another one of my sister in laws and told her she was made of chaos because apparently <laughs> she puts cups with liquid in them between couch cushions. We all turned on your sister in law. We did. When That's the- not so you you don't do that. That's not okay. <laughs> We did, though. We turned on her so fast and so hard. (laughs) It was very good. A friend of ours turned on our brother and told him he was too animated. (laughs) I mean, she wasn't wrong. It was, I can't stay mad at you because when you start explaining yourself, you're so animated that I start laughing. (laughs) so excited. we've done that again this year well it's not till the 23rd so we have time oh really yeah let's see if they want to do it this year uh anyway i'm so sorry i keep interrupting yule you you interrupt me every segment i do i interrupt everyone (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what i exist for um podcast and real life but another thing that that they would do traditionally and you can bring into your yule tree is you can put symbols that are sacred to your god or goddess um, like live birds. Yeah. Just put some fucking live birds in your tree and some squirrels. I don't know why I'm being like this. Please continue. This is very You're interesting. so combative. I don't know what's wrong with me. We, uh, we actually do have some live animals in our tree. Yeah, that's true. Um, Bast is currently curled up asleep at the foot of the tree and Freya is in there somewhere. Freya shoved her entire face through, like, a, a branch clump and then just looked at me with her wild eyes like, man. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, we posted a video on Facebook. I don't think we've posted it on Instagram. I didn't know we posted it on Facebook. I did, okay. yeah. Um, of basically right after Lyra brought the tree in, 
And they were just... Still smelled like the outside. <laughs> they were batting at the leaves, like, climbing all through it. It, it was, was adorable. Feral. We still have not put ornaments up yet, because I know the moment we do, that they're just going to get knocked off. So we're going to put them up for, like, two or three days and then take them right yeah. down. I just... It's such a pretty tree, and it's such a nice little tree. You know, I might post a, um... An Instagram video later of our tree topper because it is just so beautiful. It is very mesmerizing. But anyways, okay. Got it from the Walmart. <laughs> from the Walmart. <laughs> but back to that. You can still use natural ornaments if you want. Yeah. Um, Acorns for good luck. I'm sure that you have some outlined. I'll shut the fuck up now. It's okay. Yes, that was my next thing was that oh you can get acorns. At this point, the caps are falling off of them. So you may want to glue the caps back on. Um, everything I've read, it suggested to use red or green thread to attach them just because it's part of the theme for the season. I would like to very respectfully add, you can macrame a little net for them and use knot magic. Yes, you can. Um, in more modern times... Um, people use popcorn and berries, which we had talked about what we are doing, mm -hmm. um, which actually goes right along with the theme and the traditional collars for Yule. The traditional collars for Yule, if you want to decorate your home or your altar, are green, red, white, and gold. So funny. I know, it's everything we, we, yeah. we did. But I mean, they are pretty traditional. Like They Christmas are, yeah. Colors, they're, so. they're traditional Christmas collars. Um... Um, another reason that we use evergreen trees, because I, I forgot this, is that they're thought to have power over death because its color doesn't fade, which is a neat thing. Now, after Yule, if you have a live tree or if you have a live reef, like a, a pine reef or some sort of evergreen reef, make sure you save some cuttings from it if you have a safe place to do this. If you don't, don't don't do this <laughs> um but if you have like a small cauldron or anything that you feel safe burning that sort of thing and you can even just take a few needles and burn it on a charcoal disc in your uh, either your cauldron or your incense burner if <laughs> you're like oh yeah, yeah we can do like that idea <laughs> um, and you can burn your little bit of your evergreen that has dried out one it will smell amazing two it will smoke so make sure it's ventilated but three it also is a good way to banish things from your home and ward off evil. Now, another another thing about bringing in all sorts of wintry plants that we bring in, which Larry is going to get into later, like holly and mistletoe and the evergreen, in sometimes invites fairies or other magical creatures into your home to take shelter during the more harsh winter weather. And another reason you want to burn that is to, you know, respectfully request that they leave your home. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, sure, we huddled together for warmth, but now you have to leave. <laughs> yes. Thank you for staying with us. I want you to stop borrowing my things. <laughs> Please leave them when you go. <laughs> yes. Um, another Yule tradition is the Yule Log which it is part of the fire feast. You burn your Yule log as part of requesting the sun come back. It's part of your fire feast. There's a really neat Celtic, 
Celtic, <laughs> Celtic tradition, and it may be in other countries, um, that you, the tree that you burn for your Yule log is because I'm going to doubt that it's an entire huge tree. It's probably... God, I'd hope not. It's probably a smaller tree, but you start with the base first and you burn those first and then you go through the tree, but you also reserve some of it and you keep it with your wood pile to, per- to burn in the next year. Oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. And it's part of, you know, so that you'll always have wood for your fire. Your hearth will always stay lit. And it's part of keeping the eternal, you know, the eternal flame going. How nice. Let's see. And I did talk a little bit about the Wiccan uh, Wheel of the Year. That at this point, the goddess is now in her mother role. And she's giving birth to the horned god or the god to start the Wheel of the Year over. Mm-hmm. That is... Oh, I wanted to talk about, again, the altar. Part of your Yule Log, you don't have to burn it if you want to go natural. You can get some wood. A lot of stores, like our our local grocery store, are now selling um, firewood and things like that. Mm-hmm. You can either buy that or you can, you know, just find a found piece of wood. There are also shops online that will sell, like, charmed yule uh, mm-hmm. logs and things like that. If you want to burn them, you can. But one thing that I've seen that I find really neat, I've always wanted to do, I've never gotten my shit together in time to do it for my yule, my yule altar, is you drill a couple holes in it and you use the yule log actually as your candle holder. Oh, how cool. And then you can decorate it with cranberries, berries, holly... Pine, you know, pine, I apologize, I'm burping, <laughs> pine needles, and you know, just really deck out your altar like that, which I think is absolutely adorable. I think that sounds really cute, and I, I really like how symbolic the candles are in that situation. Mm-hmm. Another section I wanted to bring in, because since Yule is a very, very family-oriented time, if you want to bring some crafts into it, which will also help your little woodland friends, mm-hmm. Uh, is one, the popcorn and berries. You can make strings strings of that and hang them up in your trees for the birds to munch on. Um, something that we used to do in school, which makes me a lot of things that we talk about, one of my teachers did. And it really makes me wonder, she's the one that showed me that there's a star in apples. Oh. So <laughs> I kind of wonder about that teacher now Maybe. that I'm an adult. Um, is that you take peanut butter and spread it on pine cones and then roll it in bird seed and you can put it out as feeding uh, feeders for birds especially for the winter birds because mm-hmm. they need they need uh, all the extra fat that they can get from exactly. the peanut butter and as she she taught us that and then she taught us a whole bunch of different things her focus was a lot on making stars so I'm really starting to wonder that's so neat <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me who this was off air I will um but she was the one that, that showed me that if you cut an apple in, in half hemisphere-wise, I guess not hemisphere, latitudinal, because that's the one that goes horizontally Down across, middle, not, not vertical. Top. Yeah, it's horizontal. Yeah. Uh, it reveals a star in the middle of the apple, and I always thought that was really neat as a kid. And then as I got older, and when I started practicing witchcraft, I was like, oh, that's a natural pentacle. <laughs> But that's about all I have right now for Yule. 
Um, I'm sure there's more that I just didn't say. Um, I'm very excited this year to practice Yule. Um, it's yeah, been a few... I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. It's it's a personal flaw. No, go ahead. It. I was going to say, now that we're practicing more in our uh, holidays, I am a little more in the spirit than I was last mm -hmm. year. Um, but I was going to say, it's been a while since I've actually done anything for Yule, so I'm a little bit excited. Um, I have a cake mix. I think I'm going to try to make a Yule log cake since we don't have any where we can burn a big log. Yeah. And do that. I did buy some marshmallows and stuff and some apples. Ooh, we should do hot chocolate after recording. Yes. <laughs> but if you make a Yule log cake, one really cool thing you can do, and I'll stop after this with crafts and stuff, but... Uh, somebody the other day <laughs> told me, you're just a fairy kitchen witch, um, <laughs> is you make your cake, but you make like a sheet cake, like a very, very flat cake, and then you put some icing on top of it, and then you roll it. So you only want your oh. cake to be about maybe an inch thick, a little bit less. You're Do also going to want it to be more moist than you would normally make an average cake to mm -hmm. roll properly. Well, you you bake it on your on like a cookie sheet. But put parchment paper down first so it's easier to roll. Yeah. Um, and then you want to use a damp cloth to kind of roll it. Um, you can do this for like pumpkin rolls, everything else. But basically, to get back to what I'm saying, is you roll your cake after you've put a little bit of icing in the middle to help it stick together. Um, and then you ice the outside of it with chocolate icing so it looks like the bark. And you can draw like lines in it. To make really, really drive home the bark thing. That's cool. Um, and then you can take marshmallows with a toothpick and stick them on. And then cut your apples to make it look like mushroom caps. So oh, you can do little cute. red ones. You can do green ones. And then you can take a little bit of icing if you want and even dot them so it looks like Mario. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Like the red cap mushrooms. Mm -hmm. oh. You can do that. Um, somebody was talking about you can take a little bit of orange peel and kind of make it look like lichen. With orange peel? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's not going to be the exact color, but you can get the shape of, like, lichens. Okay. Or you can even flatten out some, some stuff yeah, or cut your apple sense. to make, to look like that. If you turn it up, it'll look a little white and it'll look like lichens, which is really neat. That's a really cool idea. I haven't I like made a, a Yule log cake so I'm excited to, to do that. I know uh, I spoke to our sister-in-law. She was like, yeah, bring it over. Our, hey. our brother's very excited. He's like, you said cake. I'm in. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, that's all I have. I'm going to turn this back over to Lyra, and she's going to tell you a little bit about holly and mistletoe. All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump into mistletoe. Um, just a few general facts about mistletoe are that it is a parasitic plant. Um, it tends to burrow its roots, and they're very small, like thread small roots, um, into tree bark. And that's part of the reason why, as a, a general rule of thumb, they prefer softer, softer trees. Um, apple apparently is a very popular tree for them to perch Infect. upon. Yes. <laughs> um, if you do want to grow your own holly... Holly, fuck me, uh, your own mistletoe. Uh, you can plant it by squishing the berries onto the underside of the tree branch. Um, the berries are very sticky. 
Um, I've never squished a mistletoe berry, so I don't know how sticky, because something that I, I actually didn't originally include in my notes mentioned that you can use the berries, like the sticky stuff out of the berries, to trap birds, right? So I don't know how sticky like this you stuff trap is. Bird with it. I don't know. I just don't know. Like I, I need to find some mistletoe now. I need to experiment. There's some in the tree in the backyard. Is there? I think so. Oh. I might be talking out my ass, but I'm pretty sure that's mistletoe. I don't know if we had mistletoe. We might. I honestly, um, until looking into it really, I guess I just didn't realize what mistletoe really looked like. I, for some reason, thought mistletoe also had red berries. No, it has white berries. Yeah, see, I just didn't know. You learned something new every <laughs> Yule. <laughs> um, in general, they are associated with or good for use in protection Fertility, protection, K. <laughs> I definitely put put that twice. <laughs> attracting love, um, attracting luck, uh, bringing luck while hunting, specifically. Um, forgiveness and reconciliation. Uh, they can be burned, they, it can be burned to banish unwanted spirits. It can be laid across the threshold of a bedroom to banish bad dreams and nightmares. It can be home, uh, hung in a home specifically to attract love and luck into that home. Um, and it may be worn as an amulet for general protection. I would also imagine if you're using it for luck in hunting, if that's, that's your cup of tea, you'd probably wear it as an amulet then too. Yeah, I would say so. Um, this is just a very interesting little thing that I, I read that I was super excited about because I thought it was adorable. Uh, Welsh and English farmers would give a bunch, like a, like a literal bunch, not like just a random amount <laughs> of mistletoe to the first cow to calf uh, in the new year to ensure a healthy and protective year for the herd. No, as I like a mistletoe is a poisonous thing. Um, It's mostly irritating in like small children and pets, things like that. It can be um, dangerous because it can cause diarrhea and vomiting. Okay. So it's more of a, it's oh, a no. very uncomfortable if you eat it, not necessarily kill you if you eat it. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Um, and we're sorry if you guys heard any scraping or rubbing. My uh, my recording apparatus started to fall. <laughs> apparatus. Um, druids apparently considered mistletoe so important, like so holy, uh, that they would only harvest it when they received a vision specifically telling them to do so. Um, and then it was under great ceremony. Um, which I read that and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So it was like a big deal. They like made a, a blessed sort of day when they were harvesting mistletoe, mistletoe. I know they used like golden sickles to cut it and stuff like that. Oh my God. Let mm-hmm. me, cause I didn't realize <laughs> what, what production this was. Jeez. Um, it was described by Pliny the Elder, who was a Roman historian. Pliny. Um, Pliny. I thought it was Pliny. Pliny. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> I am not a Roman, um, that they hold nothing more sacred than mistletoe, mistletoe and the tree on which it's growing. Um, mistletoe is rare when found it's gathered with great ceremony, particularly on the sixth day of the moon, hailing the moon in a native word that means healing of all things. They prepare a ritual sacrifice and a banquet beneath the tree on which it grows, uh, and they bring two white bulls whose horns are bound for the first time on this occasion. Uh, a priest arri- uh, arrayed in white vestments climbs the tree and with a golden sickle cuts down the mistletoe, which is caught in a white cloak. 
Then they finally kill the bulls as a sacrifice, praying to a god to render his gift uh, propitious. I can't see the word you're talking it's, about. I spelled it wrong and I can't remember what it was. I don't, I can't believe I spelled it this wrong. Um, anyway, they, they offer this gift uh, and hope that the this god continues to bes- bestow pros- prosperity upon them. Um, they believe that mistletoe given in drink will impart fertility to any animal that is barren and is an antidote to all poisons. So, like, they would literally sacrifice... I don't know. I doubt it was two white white bulls each time. That sounds like some Roman... Yeah, it... <laughs> they also way over describe yeah. some stuff. But I do fully believe, like, if, if it were written down in this manner, that they probably did sacrifice animals oh, yeah. each time it was uh, harvested. So that's, I think that's pretty... That's just incredible. It makes me really respect mistletoe a lot more. Um, mistletoe is also seen as the female side of the of basically of the holiday. The holiday uh, mistletoe is considered the the female. That's so weird because one of the the websites I read, um, I don't remember which one, was talking about how mistletoe is seen as the uh, seed of the god, as as a very male uh, part of the. Maybe holiday I have because... it backwards then. Well, hold on. The reason, I hate the reason, is what I'm trying to get to. And that's why I didn't include it in my notes originally. Because the berries look like semen. I might have that backwards then. I just don't like it. I don't like it. That's gross. I'll have to check my source. I have it backwards then. I had it written down that mistletoe is female and that the holly is considered the male. I also want to say, like, a lot of stuff like this goes through a bunch of different traditions and cultures, so it's possible that it's been both to... It's true. ...other other people. <laughs> well, what I had written down is it was representative of the fertility of the mother goddess because the berries or seeds were white and looked like the seed of the, the, the forest gods. Hmm. Um, a few other things I had is that it's... Uh, mistletoe is supposed to protect against thunder and lightning and other evils. Oh yeah, I hadn't gotten there yet. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh no, wait. Actually, I don't think the thunder and lightning. I have that under holly. Holly also. Okay. Is is supposed to ward off lightning. Okay. I don't think it had thunder, but I on my the source I only I read, saw lightning under holly. I've but... got to pull out my herbalism <laughs> book and look at it, because that would have been a smart thing to do today. Um. I'm going to talk about kissing under the mistletoe real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it originated with Saturnalia. Saturnalia? Mm-hmm. Which one's the right way? I don't know which I one's right. Um, uh, but in England, it was specifically done on Christmas and during Yule. Um, after the kiss, a man would pick a berry, and once the berries were gone, there would be no more kissing under that plant. I didn't know that. I like that. That way, there's not just unlimited freaking kissing yeah. every time you walk under a stupid mistletoe. Yeah. Um, and it was, and it was, um, an accepted form of, like, expressing your physical affection for each other in Victorian times, which is pretty interesting because there wasn't really (laughs) any accepted forms. No. Eye contact was kind of risky. An ankle was scandalous. (laughs) Um, and I thought since, uh, since I keep talking about doing, um, some focuses on herbs and plants and things like that. I thought I'd go ahead and talk about some... Is it still slipping? Yeah, it's still sliding. I'm so sorry. Um, but I thought I'd talk about some medical uses. Um, so European mistletoe and American mistletoe are two different 
genuses, not genuses, fuck me, species? Mm-hmm. Genuses. I'm so bad at the words. Um, European mistletoe can be used to lower blood pressure, uh, blah, blood pressure and for the general health of the heart and circulatory system. Of course, this is with it, like, well-regulated and watched by someone who knows how to monitor these things. Don't just go out and eat some fucking mistletoe <laughs> berries. Eat some muscle, mistletoe berries, because my blood pressure's high today. Berries. Some muscle toes. <laughs> Get my toes all muscly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's said that it can be used to treat epilepsy. Um, and for both of these, you can make a tea using one teaspoon of dried leaves with one cup of boiling water as needed for the blood pressure and use that two to three times per day for epilepsy. Um, but once again, do this with someone who knows bodies. You see a certified herbalist and doctor. Yes. Make sure they're certified. People lie. <laughs> uh, you can do, use a compress made with that same tea for rheumatism and uh, mistletoe has also been indicated in the treatment of certain cancers. Now, there's a lot of herbal cancer treatments out there. Um, if you or someone you love is suffering from cancer, uh, make sure you look into this stuff. Talk to a doctor, talk to an herbalist, talk to people who know what they're talking about um, before you start using herbal supplements, especially if you're going to do that instead of like, chemo treatments and I know this is a little heavy for our Yule episode it's just a lot of times people will sell you herbal supplements and tell you that you don't need western medicine when they're just concerned with making money anyway <laughs> American mistletoe uh, can be used to stimulate uterine contractions and can be used for suppressed menstruation and to aid in childbirth um it is, however, not safe for nursing mothers or pregnant uh, people. Mistletoe is toxic. Um, it takes quite a bit to do any harm to humans. Um, it can make you uneasy and nauseous, um, but it can be a danger for animals and small children. Um, also, I looked it up because we were having, like, not, not like an argument, but we weren't sure which one it was. It's mistletoe that wards off werewolves. Okay. That makes sense. So if you got a werewolf problem... Get yourself some mistletoe. some mistletoe. But also, when is that a problem? Lear's <laughs> <laughs> like, bring on the werewolves. Give me all the werewolves. Uh, and I'm going to talk about Holly real quick. Okay. Because I, it's going to be quick because I don't have a whole lot on it. Um, so Romans used to give it as a gift during Saturnalia. Mm-hmm. Um, which I need to read up some more on Saturnalia because I don't know much about it's it. Interesting. Is it is it closely related to Yule or is it just a similar time of year? It's... Just read up on it. I don't remember a lot of the specifics. I, I just know remember quite it being a bit of debauchery. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of interesting things that went on during Saturnalia. Um, Holly replaced mistletoe in a lot of Christian societies um, because mistletoe was connected to fertility and lust, mm -hmm. and Holly wasn't. So it was seen uh, seen as a pure symbol of the season. Of course. Yeah. Uh, druids have been known to decorate their homes with holly to invite sylvan spirits. Mm -hmm. Fairies. Brownies. <laughs> pixies. <laughs> um, holly as a plant is associated with truth, death, rebirth, and fire as the leaves burn at a very high temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's funny, because you, you mentioned that Yule is a sun 
mm-hmm. which I, I, I mean, I guess I've... Yeah, it's a fire feast. I've so. known that, but I guess mm-hmm. I haven't really thought too much about it until now. And um, I just thought it was so interesting that Holly is so closely related to fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, that's probably part of the reason why it's associated with yeah. Yule. But anyhow, um, its uses are, uh, include consecration. Um, you can use it in spell work for material gain, apparently, which is funny at this time of year. Um, it can be used for physical revenge. I would say so. It's all spiky and I mean, mean. you're just going to fill somebody's bed with it? Like... <laughs> whack them just whack them with it have you ever stepped on a holly leaf with a barefoot oh my god that's the bane of my childhood (laughs) existence uh also like i guess you can pop one of the berries in their like morning coffee or something and really fuck up give them the shits for the rest of the day (laughs) um it can be used for beauty protection um specifically against lightning um, luck, dream magic, and, uh, it is suggested to plant it near a home for protection against lightning and witchcraft, which I assume is just witchcraft being enacted upon you. Yeah. Um, Holly brought into the home at Yule invites fairy folk to shelter with you in the cold winter. Uh, and as you were talking about before, these greens must be burned on embolic to let them know that their stay is done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we joked about it a minute ago, but these berries are toxic. They will make you vomit. They will give you diarrhea. They will really severely fuck you up for at least a couple of days. And if you have a severe reaction or you have like a bad, uh, what's that thing? I've got a bad one. Immune system. Oh, yeah. You've got a bad immune like... system. Eating these uh, berries can make you weak enough to really catch some wicked shit. So like, don't eat holly berries. Just don't do it. Birds eat them, but that's because birds are crazy and they say, fuck whatever this thing has planned Uh, for me. Birds are living dinosaurs, okay? It's true. Birds do not follow the laws of man. No. (laughs) They follow the laws of birds. I don't know why we went off on this super weird take (laughs) on birds. Um, (laughs) uh, But that's that's all I've got on Holly. Um, Both of them are beautiful. They They can really... Spruce up. <laughs> spruce. Isn't spruce an evergreen? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, very punny. You didn't laugh. I was very upset. I apologize. I was looking at my notes. I was just going to add, which I could be wrong. Um, my notes, I do have that holly is a very masculine thing. Um, it's used to capture or ward off evil before it can enter the home. It's representative of hope and potency um which is the other the other one mistletoe is thought to be the more feminine um and i one thing i saw for fertility you can hang mistletoe over your headboard oh Mm -hmm. that's nice um i did read something about uh masculine and feminine energies related to holly but it was that there were two different types of holly in England. One was commonly referred to as he holly and one was referred to as she holly. Well, one part one part of the bush is the flowering and one part is the sperminating. Sperminating. I don't think I'm that's sorry, what the it's fruity called. the fruiting bodies <laughs> and the Well it's like with any plants if you have Oh Sperminating. Pollen is tree sperm. 
excuse me, I didn't mean to yawn, but you are correct. Yes. And I think that's what it, that's what they mean is that there's one one I of one of the trees. I don't think sperminating is that a word. That's not a word. That's just what I said. Okay, the way you were the way you were talking, it seemed like you were just insisting that that's no, like a term no. that I was used. I couldn't remember what it's called when they release the sperm, <laughs> like the the pollen, and that's why I said sperminating. You can't say it while I'm drinking. <laughs> sperminating. I could have died. But. Uh, the he holly is the one that releases the the pollen, and the she holly is the, the spermination. Yes, the the spermination receiving tree, the one that bears. It was the, sperminated. It was it was sperminated. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that grow the berries. I get you. I get you. I promise. <laughs> you gotta stop. Oh God. I apologize that I said sperminating more than once. <laughs> this was your fault. To be fair. <laughs> We should move on. Germinating is when the uh, the seed yeah becomes oh, active. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm I'm wrong. It's okay. It's okay. <sighs> it right. was a trip. We're gonna we're gonna stop talking about this now. <laughs> about sperminating. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> uh, for our next segment, in lieu of a ghost story, because we don't have a, a holiday appropriate ghost story. Um, I mean, we probably do if we thought real hard about it, but we thought we'd talk about Krampus instead. <laughs> Krampus. So Krampus is coming up next. All right. Um, I really just have some bullet points on Krampus. Because uh, there's a lot to Krampus, and I didn't want to get too deep into it because I was afraid that'd be our entire fucking episode. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't really know a lot about Krampus, so I'm actually kind of excited to hear this. Um, I've seen a couple movies, but yeah. Like... <laughs> uh, so one of my one of my favorite things to do with Krampus this doesn't really have a whole lot to do with his lore. I mean, it like the origins of it do, but it's the parades in Austria. There are parades and festivals where young men dress up like Krampus in these terrifying outfits. You should look it up. Uh, it's on like YouTube, and you can find galleries and on Google and stuff like that. It's incredible, and they literally run around scaring children. Nope. It's great. I really enjoy it. <laughs> that would have been my least favorite time of the year as a child. <laughs> he is represented as a horned, furred, cloven-hooved being. Um, he's, in, in some lore, he's supposed to be the son of Hel, the goddess, the Norse goddess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he predates Christianity. Oh, yeah. And course. most, like, most uh, of these sorts of holidays by, by quite a bit. Um, he punishes bad children as opposed to where Santa rewards good children. Because even when Santa gave, uh, like, coal to to naughty children, it was still a good gift because it would warm the home and be yeah. fuel. Um, well, it's something we don't really have a... <laughs> we don't really have a... A perspective on gas now. Card. Yeah. Santa It'd be like, yeah. Children a gas card. Yeah, it's like giving him a gas card or being like, well, I actually gave $50 to your mom for your power bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but he punishes children by whipping them with a, like, bundle of birch branches, which, like, it says whipping, but is birch that whippy? Yeah. I feel like it's just smacking. Well, I mean, it, it makes a loud sound and, like, it really gives a really bad welt. And, you know, there's this whole, like, spa treatment that you can get in Germany where they just smack you with birch for your health for mm-hmm. some reason. So, I don't I don't know what that's about. 
It sounds more kinky than spy, <laughs> but you know, whatever. But uh, Belsh- oh fuck, Belschnickel. <laughs> Literally, before we started this, I was like, I'm gonna have to talk about Belschnickel just I know because. <laughs> because I know more about Belschnickel than Krampus. <laughs> and I can't believe you're the one that said it. I know it was me. Because when you said he was gonna smack him with a yeah. bunch of branches, I was gonna be like, feel what chill. Belschnickel yeah. Let me get through camp- Krampus. Campus. Jesus Christ. <gasps> Campus. Winter camping. No. We wear fursuits. <laughs> oh, no, wait. I didn't mean like furries. Goddamn. Well, if you see Lyra and I in your local forest dressed up like a cat. Like neon dogs. <laughs> like neon dogs. I was going to say, I'm going to wear like a cat suit or a bear suit. I might get Ooh, shot. I to dress up like a bear. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, let's see. If we dress up like Wookiees, will they think we're big feet? <laughs> All right. New game plan. New I'm going to dress up like a Wookiee and go walk around the forest. <sighs> anyway, we got to get back on track. Um, Krampus, like, he punished, like, real bad kids. Not, like, kids that were kind of not Like, I burned down the house bad. Yeah, kind of like okay. just, just crazy fucking kids. Um, I killed all the chickens just because I wanted to see things die. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, though. <laughs> um, he's reminiscent of the horned god, also often worshipped by witches, which he takes a lot of different names and forms. Um, and beech branch, branches that he uses... Beech? Fuck me. I thought you said birch. Birch. I, I can't type, and when it autocorrects, it autocorrects to whatever the fuck it wants. Uh Birch branches that he uses to whip people with um, seems to be related to cov- uh, coven initiation rites for some uh, Germanic witch groups. Okay. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and I think probably is um, quite a lot of where the, the whole association with uh, Satan comes from. Because, I mean, obviously Satan's related to the horned god anyway. By, you know, Christian association. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not because... <laughs> No, not, not for any real reason. Um, and, uh, like I said, I'm doing a very surface look at, at Krampus. Um, cause in, in like our American culture that we live in, he's more of like a novelty, not, he's not a real fear invoking. We don't, yeah, he's not, he's not really a cultural figure for us. He's, he's just sort of like, look at this weird, scary Christmas guy. <laughs> you heard of Santa. Now comes Krampus. You're ready for Krampus. <laughs> but uh he's um he's part of the the darker side to this time of year cuz you know winter is long especially in like northern countries where uh things like Krampus is common. Um and it's because winter is long and dark and scary and a lot of people die and a lot of children die. So there's there's a lot of scary, dark things associated with Christmas in this time of year. Um, Krampus is just a reflection of how dangerous winter can be. Um, and that's sort of like there's an old tradition of telling ghost stories mm-hmm. uh, during Christmas and during Yule. And it's the same sort of thing. Christmas was kind of a scary time back in the day. <laughs> um, and I just I think it's so interesting that since it's been commercialized, we've just sort of erased... All of the dark bits of Christmas. We have. 
we have it's it's now a a happy cheery thing yeah it's all it's all lights and candy and giggling and it's no like fearing for your life (laughs) because honestly all of our christmas lights are the whole thing about fighting back against the darkest night of the year oh yeah absolutely (laughs) like that that's why a lot of um like light festivals take take place this time of year it's because we're terrified as just human people of the dark because scary bad things happen in the dark (laughs) even if it's just you know i can't see shit and i fall to my death (laughs) that's just true in your safe house (laughs) or in your uh your high school theater (laughs) anyways (laughs) moving on we don't have to talk about the time you fell into uh, the orchestra pit. Anyhow. <laughs> don't walk out on a dark stage, kids. <laughs> Anyways, continue with what you're talking about. Oh Krampus. Oh my god, on Krampus. Um, I originally wanted to tell a ghost story. Like one of the traditional old-fashioned like Victorian mm-hmm. uh, ghost stories that they used to tell. But they're all super long. <laughs> yeah. Because what else are you going to do on a night with like a quiet dark night with no internet or tv you don't have internet you don't have tv (laughs) like your parents are over one corner drinking brandy and playing cards your weird uncle's telling you ghost stories by the fire like that's that's a victorian christmas (laughs) oh god (laughs) what is the word that i love that they use that's in like victorian and gothic grotesque grotesque his grotesque face i love the word grotesque it's so good i i don't remember what it was but somebody told me something at work a few days ago and my response was that's grotesque and they were taken aback (laughs) it wasn't i was being hyperbolic but like they were surprised at my strong reaction i am too dramatic for the common man (laughs) we know (laughs) We all know. <sighs> this has been such a, a short segment. I just genuinely don't have anything else on Krampus. Um, do you want to talk about Belschnickel? I don't know if it's a real figure. I have no idea if Belschnickel is real or not. It's just I love that episode of The Office when he just absolutely whoops Jim. Do you know what one of my favorite... I'm so sorry. This has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. But do you want to know what my, one of my favorite versions of... Um, Santa Claus is? What? It's Sphincter Claus. Sphincter Claus? It is Sphincter. Okay? Don't I'm just, no, I'm just don't asking. Ask me. Tell me about Sphincter Claus. It's the same thing as Santa Claus, basically, but he leaves presents and shoes. Oh, wait. Are you talking about the Dutch one? Yeah. Is that, is that Dutch? Okay. I think so. Like, you put your clogs outside. He'd yeah. Leave, he'd leave toys and candy in your okay. shoes. I didn't... I thought it was he was Cinder Claus, like like Cinder Claus, like okay. like Cinder. So I'll be I'm gonna be straight up with you right now. I learned about Sphincter Claus from an Orson Scott card book. So don't okay. Don't quote me. I've done no real research on this figure. I don't know. Whenever anybody talks about Santa, all I can think about is in French class when we talked about Père Noël, Father Christmas. Oh yeah, and I'm like. I'm just like, like my brain does like the loading symbol because I'm trying to, to think about it. <laughs> Was that just gibberish? A little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I um, I don't really know a lot about 
world Christmas things. I don't either. Um, I know in like Nordic type countries they cold have places. yeah and cold places. That's how I keep referring to them. They have um, we have quite a few listeners from some of those cold places. So. <laughs> Is it Lu- Lucia Day where where they wear the the crown of Is it Saint candles? Lucia Day? It might be. That sounds really familiar, but maybe where they, I just... where they wear a crown of candles. I'm crazy. Oh, it's so pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I suddenly know the image of what you're talking about. Yeah, and you know, I'm just talking out my ass because I don't really remember much about it, but I just remember it being really neat. I think fairly often the ghost of Christmas passed in. Um, I I'm trying real hard a not Christmas to call it Carol? a nightmare before Christmas. A Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I, fairly often the first uh, ghost, the ghost of Christmas past, is wearing a crown of candles. Mm-hmm. I seriously, I blanked. All I could think of was a nightmare, the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I I knew that wasn't it. Was your brain just doing the, what's this? What what's is this? this? <laughs> yes. Oh. But, the, but the Brendan Urey version. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> That brings an end to, I almost said Belschnickel again, that brings an end to the Krampus segment. Less creepy than we're used to, I suppose. (laughs) Honestly, if Krampus showed up, I would shit my literal pants. Honest to God, if a goat man showed up in our house, I'd probably try to kill him. I don't know how I'd react, but I think it'd be a very very visceral animal reaction. Kind of like deep burned in your racial yeah. memory. <laughs> like it might not even be like primitive. It might just be super like. It's all, all the satyrs out there. Don't come to our Don't house. Don't come here. Lyra will try to kill you. I was gonna say it might be like some sort of like hillbilly or country person thing from our family. Because I'd just be like, that there's a goat that looks like a man. <laughs> that goat man's back. <laughs> Mom, get my shotgun. <laughs> okay, we gotta stop. <sighs> <sighs> this has been plenty. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> Thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, we're, we're probably gonna skip the next bonus episode, so you'll probably hear from us in about two weeks. Oh, if that plan you. changes, we'll let you know. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being awesome. Thank you for being like fucking patient. Jesus Christ, we're the worst. That was a, that was a process to get that uh, that episode out. Whew, we went on this journey together. We, we are working to bring you more quality content. Yeah, because we feel like we started off being really, very serious about the qual the con the quality of the content we were putting out. Um, and as time has worn on and we've gotten a little busier in our everyday lives, um, it's sort of lost, lost something. Well, and I think a lot of it too is where we had the bonus episodes coming out every I week. Do, yeah. Um, so, you know, now we've got a little bit more time to construct the actual substance of our podcast. Yes. And we may eventually bring the bonus episodes back or we might do a special bonus episode every now and then. But I don't think we're going to be putting out content every single week because it is really diluting what we yeah, have to say. Definitely. Um, 
But I think that's everything we have for today. Once again, thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate you. Um, and everybody who has reached out and talked to us, um, thank you so much. If anybody has uh, feedback you want to give us for the show, you can get a hold of us on our Instagram, which which podcast at which which podcast, our Twitter, which is at which which pod, um, our Tumblr, which I haven't checked in days. Oh no. <laughs> We also now have the Facebook group, which is under Witch Witch Podcast on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I keep post, I keep like posting stuff to Facebook, but where I'm registered on Facebook as Lyra, um, it doesn't post to the group, and I don't know how to take it from my personal page. I think you can share it to can the group. I? I'm not sure. I don't know how. I haven't used Facebook for real <laughs> in so long. <laughs> I'll look into it and see if there's anything we can do to share some of it. Thank you so much. I'm sure we just sound like we we live in a hut somewhere because we don't understand social media. We're not like we're, we're just not young, old. But we're not that old. We're old people. People older than me know how to use Facebook. Is all I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, stay spooky. Thanks. Oh no, we need a creepy thing. Try not to think about the spirits that are attached to the tree you brought into our house. Aw. But it's such a nice tree. They can't be bad spirits. <laughs> Try not to think about the fairies you brought in this house. There we go. Fairies <laughs> are always scary. <laughs> But stay spooky. Keep your tits up. <laughs>